Welcome to another episode of Reverend G's Words of Encouragement. I am delighted that you have decided to listen in to my sermons today. I pray that something is said that will just touch you in a special way and encourage you on this journey. As I always like to say, my sermons are short, sweet, and impactful. So please, listen to today's show. Is there something you've learned and liked? Please feel free to share it with family and friends and everywhere on your social media. Thank you. And enjoy the show. All I want to do is bless his holy name. How many want to bless his holy name? Oh, come on, let's give the Lord some praise. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. For he is worthy. He's worthy of the praise. All I want to do is bless his holy name. In the good times, in the bad times. I just want to bless his holy name in the up market, in the down market. I just want to bless his holy name for he's worthy to be praised. Who couldn't serve a God like this? Uh, when I wake up, I just want to bless his holy name. When I look back over my life, and I realize where he brought me from, I just want to bless his holy name. When I look at my family, when I see how God has blessed me with my family, I just want to bless his holy name. Oh, y'all don't hear me to say. When, when we drive down Little Ox Road and we see the landscaping being moved, when we see the preparation that God is doing here at Antioch, we ought to bless his name. We ought to bless his name. I'm going to try to get to the message. But sometimes you just got to stop and praise the Lord. Sometime in the grocery store, you just got to stop and praise the Lord. Sometimes when you're in traffic, you got to lift your hands and praise the Lord. Sometimes when you're in your cubicle all by yourself, you've got to learn to bless his holy name. Listen, I, I stand before you today uh, of this great opportunity to share God's word with you. But I think it's also important that I honor and recognize my wife on today. Our last month, we were blessed to celebrate our 26th wedding anniversary. Uh, I am so thankful that the Lord brought us together. I'm so blessed to have a woman, a woman of God that knows the Lord. I'm so blessed to have a great mother uh, in my wife, a provider, a confidant. I'm also blessed to have been a part of her life as God has taken her to various levels of her career. Uh, for those of you who do not know, uh, she is a leader in the job that she currently serves, and she leads with passion. And I've seen how God has taken her up to various steps and the various positions, and it, al it is always a blessing. I'm so proud that God is doing that for you in your life. You know, you probably heard some say that uh, there are some husbands who 
can't handle or have problems when the wife makes more money than them. I want you to know I'm not one of them. I promise you, honey, if you make it, I'll spend it. Oops, I wasn't supposed to say that. What I was supposed to say is after careful prayer, looking over the budget, then I'll help you spend it. A man can always use a little bit of motorcycle parts every now and then. I'm so thankful for my children, my daughter who is in, getting ready to go in her second year to Marymount University. She's here with us today. My son, uh, our son, who is out in California, uh, hopefully be finishing up college here soon, praise the Lord. And my grandson that is in our Miss Willis, he'll be five uh, here in a few months. I'm thankful also uh, to the pastor who's given me this opportunity to stand before you. I consider it a humble opportunity. And I also want to say thank you to each one of you. Uh, my wife, my family, and I have been with Antioch a little over 10 years, and you've been a blessing to us. I'm so thankful to be a part of this congregation and to be among loving people uh, that will encourage you, that will lift you up and share the word with you. Now, I'm going to go ahead and, as most of you know, I'm going to go ahead and get to the word. I'm going to believe what I'm going to say, what I believe God has laid upon my heart, and then I'm going to take my seat. Uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, please turn to uh, 2 Kings, uh, the 20th chapter. Once again, we're going to go to 2 Kings, the 20th chapter. If you're there, say amen. If not, say, wait for me. All right, we wait just a few more moments. Amen. If you look there, you will find these words. In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amaz, went to him and said, This is what the Lord says Put your house in order because you are going to die and you will not recover. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, O Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Before Isaiah had left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him, go back and tell Hezekiah. Somebody say, go back. Go back and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, this is what the Lord God of your father David says. I have heard your prayers and I have seen your tears. I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the temple of the Lord, and I will add 15 years to your life, and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. If I could draw a point, a subject for you today, 
I would like to draw it out of the sixth, the beginning of the sixth verse, where it says, I will add 15 years to your life. My subject on this morning is, it ain't over until God says it's over. This morning, my wife did not know what the subject of this sermon was going to be. But this morning she woke up with a song on her heart and she began to sing that song that it ain't over until God says it's over. I, I, I listened to her thinking, did, did she open my Bible and see my notes? Or is this just another way of God just confirming what he needs for me to share with you this morning? Let us pause and go into prayer as we look over this subject this morning. Let us pray. Dear God, I thank you for this opportunity this morning. Lord God, I pray right now that you would give me the strength to pour out that which you've poured into me, Lord God. Give me the strength and ability to del deliver this message to your people, Lord God. Lord, someone today came here needing to know that it ain't over until you say it's over. No matter how difficult it may be, I want to be able to encourage them in this word as we look through the second king, the 20th chapter. And Lord God, we would be so careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. It is in Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. It ain't over until God says it's over. I want to share with you a story of my life, and I hope through, sh through the sharing of this story, you are able to recognize and connect with the significance of this subject this morning. There was a time when my career was really the only thing I focused on. I had my roadmap laid out. I knew what courses I needed to take. I knew what positions, what schools. I had all this laid out in a nice binder, and I would check it occasionally to make sure that I was on track. And so one, on a particular occasion, uh, I had been placed in a position of authority, one of those positions that I was working hard and diligently to be in. Had my little office, had a little support staff, and occasionally I had the use of a driver. But then one day, leadership decided that I was no longer needed in that position. So they decided to remove me from that position. I stand before you being able to say this, but at the time, words could not express how I felt. So they told me, they said, since we're going to kick you out of this job, we're going to at least try to give you the option of finding you another job somewhere else. Uh, and at that time, I only had one consideration. I just wanted to be close to home. So I said, whatever job you find for me, as long as you can get me close to my family, I will be all right with that. So they commenced to find me a job. And they found me a job, and the individual that I was going to work for got the news that he was going to be receiving someone he didn't ask for. Uh, usually now, if you've been in a leadership role and they tell you you're getting another person that you didn't ask for, warning bells start going off. 
Are they sending me a troublemaker? Are they sending me someone that's not going to do the job? Uh, so they set up this meeting, and uh, I met with him uh, on a particular day. And after that meeting, I know he had concerns because I had concerns. I thought it was all over. But over the course of time, my boss became my mentor. My mentor became my friend. And even to this day, we're still yet friends. But during this process, he began to take a, a positive look at my life and try to set me up for things down the road. And one of those things was, he said, I, wanted to, I want to send you to a leadership development course. I said, sounds good to me, sign me up. This leadership course was la going to last three months. So I went to this leadership course, and uh, the curriculum was so demanding that it seemed like every day someone was being kicked out or deciding to leave on their own. One day you walk in, and the person that used to sit, to you, sit next to you is no longer there. They are gone, and you never knew why they had departed. So I got, I guess, about midway through this particular program. Thought I was doing okay, and one day I got the fateful call that I needed to come down and talk to my advisor. I went in not knowing what he was going to say. He said two things to me that shook me to the core. And the first thing he said to me is that you will never finish this course. It's over for you. When he said that, now I, don't, I, I can't sit here and tell you that my response was biblically based. <laughs> but shortly thereafter, I did begin to pray. When he said those words that, that really cut to the core, uh, I sat there trying to hold back the tears, hold back the fears. Uh, and so he said, why don't you make it easier on us and why don't you just go ahead and withdraw so we don't have to do the paperwork on you? So I looked at him and I tried to muster every word I particularly could and I said, you know, I don't think I'm going to take that path. I think if you're going to kick me out, I'm going to go out. Uh, you're going to have to drag me out, kicking and screaming. I said that, and I'll say the second part of what he said to me at the conclusion of the message. So we get to this point where here we are with a Hezekiah. Hezekiah had became ill, and it was an illness that was unto death. The scripture does not specifically say what the illness was. He was just going to die from it, if you look at the scripture. And as you move a little further down, you will see that the prophet Isaiah, the son of Lamas, came to him and said, Thus saith the Lord thy God, set thine house in order, for thy shall die and not live. Is your house in order today? In other words, he was telling the king, you need to go ahead and prepare your last will and testament. You need to be prepared to go ahead and say goodbye. You need to get all of your, affair, or your affairs in order. It looked like it was over for the king. But you see what the king did, does here next is a fascinating point. The king turns his face to the wall. You ever had those wall moments? 
Oh, nobody here never talked to the wall? Oh, uh, 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 maybe, uh, uh, am, I, am I at 6531 Little Ox Road where I know we got some praying folks? You ever had those wall moments where, where when you look, can I walk over here and look at the wall for a second? You ever had those wall moments where uh, you can't see the television, you can't see the person to your left, you're just trying to focus in on God. You know, all of the distractions are, are behind you. So, so the king had this wall moment where he was facing the wall and began to pray. Now, I've had those wall moments where I, I, I've had to say, Lord, you know the bills are due. And not only do I not have the money to pay the bills, I don't even have enough money to put the stamps on the bill. But God has a way of working things out. Uh, uh, and, and the king began to say, Lord, remember. You ever have to remind the Lord of something? Uh, let me set the record straight. It's not that God forgets, because God doesn't forget about us. Sometimes we forget just how great God is. And we began to take God down memory lane when we were faced in those difficult times. Lord, you remember how I served you faithfully, honorably. I did what was right in your sight. This is what the king said. And the king in the end began to weep bitterly. Sometimes life's issue will take you to the point of tears. He was at the point of death, but he immediately began to pray to the Lord. He didn't get upset with the messenger. He received the message and began to pray unto the Father. And before Isaiah had left the middle court, he hadn't gotten that far before he received an update on what God had him to tell the king. Isaiah, it says that he says, go back and tell the king that I have heard your prayers. I stopped by to let you know today that God has heard your prayers. You may think that the situation you find yourself in, that it's over. Your career may look like it's over. Your marriage may look like it's over, but it ain't over until God says it's over. So, he receives this update, and he goes back to the king. One of the fascinating things I find about this particular uh, passage is that God used the same messenger to deliver the new update. Uh, let, let me restate that again. Imagine if it would have been someone else that says, uh, you're going to live and not die, when already someone has already said, you're going to die. So God used the same messenger to go back and give him an update on what was going to happen. And God says, I have heard your prayers, I have seen your tears, and I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the temple of the Lord, and I will add 15 years to your life. I will deliver you and this city from the king of Assyria. I will, I will defend this city for my sake and for my sake of the servant David. I started off by giving you an illustration in my life where I was in this particular program 
and I was sitting there, and my advisor told me that my tenure in the course was over with. And he said, why don't you make it easy on us and withdraw yourself? That was not the most shocking news, but it was part of the shocking news. The second thing he said to me was that you'll never get promoted to the next grade. And that cut to the core. When he said those words, I believe I got up and walked out. I want you to know I finished the course. And not only did God take me to the next grade, he bumped me up a couple of grades. <laughs> See, that, that's just the kind of God that we serve. When you think it's over, it's really not over when you trust in the Lord. Uh, I'm reminded of the song by Morat Brown Clark that my wife was singing earlier this morning. And it starts by saying, I know the odds are stacked against you, and it seems there's no way out. I know the issue seems unchangeable, and there's no reason to shout. But the impossible is God's chance to work a miracle. Just know that it ain't over until God says it's over. Keep fighting until your victory is won. He never said that it would be easy, but you're a winner in the end. Jesus defeated all your enemies way before the fight began. Way before the fight began. Uh, Maybe y'all don't understand what that means. But while you're trying to figure it out, God has already worked it out. The song later says, keep fighting, keep praying, keep fasting, keep pressing, keep progressing, keep moving and know that it ain't over until God says it's over. Now I'll come to the conclusion with this story that brings us here today. I believe that when they arrested him and the Garden of Gethsemane, it looked like it was over. I believe when they dragged him before the Sanhedrin council and they passed judgment on him, it looked like it was over. When Pontius Pilate declared that he should be crucified, it looked like it was over. When they beat him with the whip and Uh, hung him on the cross, it looked like it was over. When, When they pierced him in his side, it looked like it was over. Uh, when they wrapped him in the burial cloth and, and, and they put him in the grave and they rolled a stone in front of the grave, it looked like it was over. The first day, it looked like it was over. The second day, it looked like it was over. But on the third day, but on the third day, he rose. 
he rose with all power in his hand. And because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Because he lives, we know within ourselves that it ain't over until God says it's over. I imagine in your life there are moments and times where you feel like the circumstance and the situation are just so difficult. The foreclosure sign may be in the yard. The car may be sitting in the driveway, but you're behind on the payments. Sometimes in life, you have to train your replacement. And it looks like you've been passed over. Because you take God down these memory lanes and you say, Lord, hey, I've been faithful on this job. I've been giving my tithes. I've been ushering all these years. I've been serving you. It looks like it's over. But it ain't over until God says it's over. So if I were to close with this point, for those of you who might be on Facebook, and you want to update your status. I dare you to post, it ain't over until God says it's over. You might want to put on your tweeter, it ain't over until God says it's over. You might want to put on your email signature blog, it ain't over until God says it's over. You have to remind your children that it ain't over until God says it's over. They are looking to us to be that example. The Lord dropped this knowledge on me. We have some great children, and I guarantee you your child probably works really hard. They may have problems, issues, but you know sometimes when they work really hard, you really want to do everything you possibly can for them. But you may find yourself in a situation where you can't do that. I want you to know it ain't over yet. For those of you who may be going to a college and it may not be the college that you've chosen, still trust in the Lord. Go anyway. Let God do the rest. Because just as that gentleman sat there across the table and told me my career was over, that my time in that course is over, God had the ultimate plan. And God told me to keep fighting. Keep pressing. Don't ever give up because the victory is ours. Just like Jesus had the victory over death, we have victory in Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me? I want to thank you for joining in and listening to today's uh, sermon. I pray that it touched your heart and that it will encourage you uh, tomorrow, the day after, and any days in the future. So God bless, and please feel free to come back and join us again. Thank you for listening.